the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Welcome back. Glad to be here. Glad to wake up each morning, actually. Especially when I'm not in pain. (laughs) Yep, I'm at that age. (laughs) Uh, Plus, I played football from the time I was 9 until I was 22. uh, Actually, 23. I played uh, five years in college. They used to redshirt all the freshmen almost immediately. Unless you were uh, some freak of nature like Herschel Walker or this kid from Clemson that's playing in the pros now, that quarterback, I forget what his name is. You see that? It was unbelievable. First year out of high school. That guy is tough. But that wasn't in my gene pool. <laughs> so anyway, the um, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff going on. You know, they're a big uh, Chinese real estate company threatening bankruptcy. And the uh, market sold off pretty heavily on that. Uh, I've already got questions on it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that that's going to have a significant long-term impact on it. And if you're trying to figure out what it's going to do in the short run, good luck. That's all I got to say. Good luck. Went down one day. And then when people realize, by the way, this is the, uh, this should really help everybody. Economies worldwide now have kind of matured. They've watched what's happened. We've had a lot of experience throughout the world. Uh, a lot of the experience has been ours. A lot of the experience has been smaller countries trying different things. And people have been watching and they've been learning. So if you get a big correction, eventually, a correction, by the way, for those of you that don't know, is stocks going down. I don't know why they call it a correction. That's I have to look that up and find out where that came from. What was the the base in using that word <laughs> for stocks dropping quickly? Okay, so when stocks are dropping quickly, they call that a, a correction. And I don't think that this is going to be a huge or going to have a huge lasting long-term impact. Could it upset markets in the short run? Yep, absolutely. It already It already has. Uh, how far is it going to go? Your guess is good. It's just about anybody else's. The thing is, when economies around the world print up money, okay, when I say that, every conservative you know, person out there, 
thinks that I'm being political and they're wrong. I'm looking at economics, not politics. Okay. And I know that the United States is the only country in the world that teaches economics as a standalone science. Most other countries teach political economics and politics do get involved and they do help shape, inform a lot of the economic policies. But when it, you know, push comes to shove, it's who's going to extend credit to all the people that just lost their money in that operation that went under. <laughs> and that isn't, uh, that's economics. <laughs> that's not politics. You, you got to fix that problem. Okay. And we've done a very good job of doing that. China's done a masterful job of manipulating a lot of stuff. I mean, they've broken a lot of records in a lot of different areas. It's kind of mind boggling actually. And, uh, uh, so they'll handle it. And what's going to, what typically happens is they extend new credit where the credit was lost or the money, whoever lost the money, by the way, that money, once you create it, it's, it's actually always out there and it's in the supply somewhere. It just dissipates and then collects again. It's kind of like electricity and lightning. You know, lightning is the collection of a lot of electricity, a lot of electrons coming down at once. It was, the electricity was always there. It just decided at some point in time uh, to stick together and strike back at the earth. I'm just kidding. The uh, But it's kind of how that goes. And money is like that, too. Once they create it and put it out there, it's there. It's in circulation. Okay, It'll, it'll collect mostly in the hands of you know, rich people. And occasionally that will dissipate and spread back out. And central banks like the Federal Reserve System are there to measure where the money is flowing to the best of their abilities. Because nobody can do that perfectly. But to make adjustments to it whenever they see that economies are slowing down, that's called a recession. Normally the stock market's dropping. And then they, they try to put the brakes on it to keep it from overheating to, to move up too fast, too quickly, because then you get hyperinflation. And hyperinflation, there's always going to be some inflation, but hyperinflation is incredibly difficult. I, I used to ask this question at seminars, but I got frustrated watching the people answer it, so I stopped asking the question. But over the next five years, what would you rather have happen, a zero inflation rate and then your investments get cut in half or would you like the inflation rate to go up by 15% a year and your investments don't go down at all. They just stay where they are. Now the answer to that question is the purchasing power of the dollar is the same. Whether prices double or your assets get cut in half, you are in exactly the same position economically. If the price, if you don't have, if you've got zero inflation for five years, you pay the same thing you did for a car five years ago. If inflation doubles, okay, you're going to have to pay twice as much for that car over five years. By the way, that's what was happening in the 1970s when I was growing up. We had double digit inflation it was in the teens. Talk about nuts. And, you know, we, we kind of came through that and we will because the, the Fed got involved and they did a whole bunch of stuff and. Eventually, it works itself out. The, the problem with that, when you are older, okay, when you're above the age of 50, the problem with 
letting the market work itself out is it may take a decade or longer to work out again. If you're in your 40s, who cares? Just keep investing. Keep buying stock fund balance. Fund. If you don't know what to do, look at the uh, uh, target date funds in your 401k plan. If you, don't want, if you really don't know what to do, you can call me. I'll take a look at your options and say, okay, if I were you, this is what I would do. And that's a pretty quick conversation. You and uh, There's no cost to doing that, by the way. No cost at all. But back to what we were talking about, you know, economically, if prices double and your assets don't grow, or if prices stayed still and your assets got cut in half, you're at the exact same place financially. Now, the numbers look a lot different. And it's so funny. I would always take a vote whenever I asked that question at one of the seminars. Who would rather see prices double and their assets stay the same or prices stay where they are today and, the, and your account values drop by half? And everybody always voted for the prices doubling. <laughs> they just couldn't stand to see the value of their stocks dropping or their investments dropping by half, even though in both scenarios, you know, it's the same. It's kind of like that debate. Is it better to purchase your home or to rent? Well, that depends. And there are so many factors involved in that that you, you can't possibly know. What if you bought the uh, best house in the worst neighborhood and the neighborhood actually declined? Okay, that's a, uh, that could be a problem. That would be a horrible investment in a lot of cases. The, uh, so there's no, that, that's one of the other things I, I find that, that's really tough. There's no answer, or there are very few answers that you can give to financial problems that are going to be the same for everyone because everybody's situation is a little bit different. There are some things that we all have in common, like I have to deal with the fact that stock, stocks fluctuate a lot. If you look at the top 50 stocks that make up more than half of the S&P 500, okay, the vast majority of them are overpriced. Not by a lot, okay, but they're overpriced, some, some more than others. And there are very few of them that are either underpriced or severely underpriced. So that's a little concerning, you know, looking out over the next 10 years. Wow, what if we have another flat 10-year time period? Or what if we go up? What if we double in the next 10 years and then it comes, then it has another 50% drop? We're right back where we started. Well, that doesn't happen very much, really. Because I saw it happen in 2000 through 2003 and then again in 2007 through 2009. That's twice in one 10-year time period. It can't happen again. Did you see what happened when the pandemic first hit, S&P 500 down by a third, that, that's two years worth of total taxes that the IRS collects in two years. And it was down that, the stock market was down that much in 90 days. <laughs> so it can't happen. I, I don't know. You know, it can. And, but it's not, there's nothing to worry about, by the way. In fact, we've devised some tools. And when I say we, I mean collectively us as a country. There are some tools that you can use to try to insulate yourself, uh, to protect yourself as much as you can from that ruining your retirement. And that's what we're going to talk about in the second 15 minutes. First 15 minutes, I always like to do the 
overview of economies, where things are going. By the way, semiconductors still, you know, you can't get cars because you can't get the semiconductors. Did you know that? The reason that they're slowing down on the car production. How long have we been talking about that on this show? I mean, how many years ago? And we started uh, rolling out the semiconductor model. Okay, it's it's had several years. It that's been the best performer of my account. Now, having said that, I should past performance is not indicative of future performance. And don't rely on anything you hear from me <laughs> or anybody else on a radio or television program. Go and do the research yourself. Look at the indexes. Okay, and. I didn't. I don't have a crystal ball. If I did have a crystal ball, I would get in and out at the exact right times. Nobody ever does that. Okay. And in fact, those stocks went down a lot more than the S and P did when it corrected. So um, anyway, the normal cost for outperformance, the normal cost for outperformance is higher fluctuation. If you're going to beat a uh, group of index funds, it's very hard to do. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it by being willing to fluctuate a whole lot more. Now, when you get up like into your your 50s, your mid 50s, mid 60s, you might want to take some of that back now. And that that's the hard part. You want to you don't want to have 100 percent stock portfolios unless you are extremely wealthy or I don't know, you get a uh, dividend fund out there. that has got a 2 percent dividend. It tends to go up over time and, you know, you got a million bucks and you can live on $20,000 a year before taxes. Hey, you know, by all means, have all your money in, in stocks. Most people can't do that. The vast majority of people can't do that. So that means you're going to have to actually take a little bit more risk. You're going to have to, uh, and w- which is really a killer when you get to these ages to, to think that you're going to have to take more risk if you're going to meet your investment goals is really upsetting. That's why these products that I've been talking about the last couple of years that I hadn't talked about for, I don't know, 16 years before that, they, they weren't as competitive as they are now. There are lots of reasons that they're more competitive today than they were um, even four or five years ago. And it's a good time to be looking for those sorts of things, especially if you are nearing retirement or you're already retired and you're, you're worried about running out of money, at, which is a big worry for most of us. Yeah, I think it's a, um, that's a really good time to be talking about how do you get, how do you continue to get growth and some guarantees along the way on the principal? So that's a, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about in the next 15, 20 minutes or so. Last 15 to 20 minutes, by the way, we're going to be talking about individual stocks because A, it's fun. Um, B, I've done better with that and people go, why wouldn't you put 100% of your money in stocks? Well, because that portfolio is volatile. <laughs> Again, that's the payoff. Oh, I hear the music. That means i got to take a commercial break. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I will be right back. Wake up to the morning light. Wipe away the lonely night. Let a brand new day wash over you. Want to see you smile again. Show some love to your crazy friends. Wipe your tears away. Those days are through. If you move just a little bit closer, you can put your head on my shoulder. Yeah, yeah. 
Wellington, I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Hope you guys uh, enjoy what you're hearing. That's uh, always very pleasant when I get um, people you know, feedback that comes back. Well, I guess it's always it's not always pleasant because occasionally I say stuff that makes people a little bit upset. But you're going to have that, you know, with uh, people and just the way communication works. I remember back when I was in college. I took this class in uh, communication, and I'm thinking, uh, why on earth would you have to tell people what you're going to say during your speech and then tell them what you said you were going to tell them? And then you had to go around and retell it again to, to summarize it all up. That was part of the process if you wanted to get an A in your speech class. And I just couldn't believe that you'd have to tell somebody three times. I, I was just in disbelief. What is the matter? Are people not listening? And the answer is actually, you should probably tell them about seven times. <laughs> that's that's how much they're listening by, and especially today. People are so distracted, and I'm in that club. I, I promise, I'm in that club. That's why YouTube's one of my favorite things to do because I'll, I'll be watching it, and as soon as my mind drifts off and goes away and I realize the last three minutes I didn't, I wasn't listening, I was thinking about something else, I go, oop and run it back so and uh it's a that is a great tool and i'll tell you if, if you want to know anything in the world well I, you have to double check the the sources because some of the stuff up there is you know it, it's not all going to be completely accurate and i guess that's one of the challenges in the the world you know remember that game called telephone when you were a kid you'd play it you'd say something, write something down on a piece of paper, you'd give it to the first person, they would read it and then turn around and repeat it to the person next to them. And by the time it got all the way around the, the room, uh, assuming you had more than four people, was amazing what would come out at the other end. I mean, it sounded almost nothing like what it was. And that that's actually for little kids, that, that would still be a really fun game. Maybe around 11 or 12. But uh, anyway... So I was talking a little bit about the uh, economy. And, and incidentally, there is a CIA, there's a website that's run by the CIA. I'm going to look it up here because I want to give out the, this is it, yeah, Central Intelligence Um, No. First line of defense. Wow, they're, they've really stepped up their game on their websites. Holy cow. Well, they... Uh, Hang on a second. So I'm typing this in as I speak. Website run by the CIA that, that tracks economies worldwide. And let's see here. Oh, it's not. Uh, shoot. 
I forgot what it was. I just sent the uh, link to, <laughs> to somebody at the uh, in an email. And uh, why don't get old, people? <laughs> anyway, there is a uh, there's a website that the CIA runs, and oh yeah, it's World Factbook, I think. Yeah, the World Factbook. Let's see. I'm gonna clink, uh, click on that, and see if I can go there. Just do a Google search. You'll find it. And, uh, yeah, the World Factbook, that's what it is. So countries around the world. And you think, now, why would the CIA be charged with tracking all the economic activity and populations of all the countries in the world? When you think about it, it actually makes a lot of sense. Because, you know, back in the old days, you know, you just be wary of you know, your neighbors. So you know, people used to invade each other. Remember we had, and I won't, I won't bore you with all the details on, on any of that. It's just very, very interesting that the data that you can get there and it's free. That is a free website. I will warn you when you get into that website, you will probably be there for a couple of hours. If you have any interest at all in worldwide economics, and that's what they're putting, that's what they're tracking there is the economic statistics. And I think it's fascinating. I had somebody asking me about uh, China. You know, there's a big bank in China that's, or uh, it might be a real estate institution, that's gonna going belly up, and they're not going to be able to meet their bills, and it looks like they're going to have to restructure the company, and the market was down a whole lot on that news, and um, everybody was really upset. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it, 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 the guy was asking if he thought that could, um, lead into another big correction. Well, it could, but then again, it, it couldn't. I mean, you just don't know. You don't know what how the market's going to respond to news. And if you ever watch that very closely, look at all the headlines and how they come out, and then look at the market's reaction to all the, the major headlines and do that for about six months. You know what you're going to do after that six-month time period? You are never going to do that again. <laughs> Why? Because you will be so long, wrong for so long that you'll go, well, the market obviously doesn't pay attention to the news. Now, anybody that still thinks that it does hasn't gone through that exercise. You got to watch every day. Look at the headlines, write down what you think should happen, and then watch how many times you were right or wrong. Uh, you should be right or wrong at least 50% of the time. If you were as accurate as flipping a you know a quarter, the in actuality it, it's probably going to be a bit a little bit less than that. And if you the longer you do it, the more you realize a lot of this stuff is not very predictable. It's just not very predictable. In the long run, it's more predictable. In the short run, not predictable at all. That's why I was talking about the annuity products that we were talking about because they will give you a floor. Okay, even if thing go, goes, things go really south, okay, you'll have this floor of income. This income is going to come in as long as this company, by the way, remains in existence. That's why you want to be careful and deal with highly rated companies because the guarantee is only as good as the company. It's like a guarantee on a bank. It's, it's as good as the bank, but they also have the FDIC. If the FDIC folds, then you fall back to the federal government. If the federal government folds, well, I guess we're out of luck. And the chances of all that happening are almost as good as me running a sub-four-minute mile. 
I'm 57, or no, I take it back, I'm 58, and I've never been able to run a mile in under five minutes. <laughs> so there is a chance, but that chance is not very good. Not a very good chance. And if you wanted uh, guarantees on there, uh, the higher the guarantee, the lower the potential return as it is with most things. Okay. So one of them has a much higher income rate. And if you send me a, a request for a link, I can send you a link and you can go on and say, you can put in the amount of money you wanted to invest and it'll show you what the income levels could be. That's a very good one. It, it's a, got a higher payout than the other one. But the other one has the ability to go up over time. And it's the only one that I know of. Not that there couldn't be another one out there because there are like 60,000 in my database. But <laughs> this is the only one that I know of that will guarantee an income, 4% for an individual, 3.75 for a couple. And it will guarantee that um, for the rest of your life. But it has the opportunity to go higher. The one that starts out higher at the beginning is fixed. Okay, so the other one has the opportunity to go higher. So it starts out a little bit lower. The thing that's really unique about that is there are 350 funds to choose from. Vanguard, Fidelity, T. Rowe, Price, you name it. If it's a high quality fund, my opinion, it's in there. And those funds over the next 10, 15, 20 years are probably going to do a whole lot better than fixed income will, than bonds. Those funds should do, I mean, if, if history is any judge, the next 20 years, the average annual return should be somewhere between 7 and 8%. If we get lucky, it'll be higher than that. So you're going to need, if you're going to live for 20 years, it's, you, inflation is part of the whole process. And that's why I started talking about inflation in, in companies, countries printing up money uh, like China, because that's how they make the problems go away. It creates another problem, though. And the, the problem in the long run is inflation. That's why these types of investments are so important. They give you a floor, but you can do better. Okay, you can do better. Now, if you need a, a, a higher income than that, you've got the other option. It'll guarantee an income. They also have the potential to move higher. Not, it, it's not as great, though, because the internal expenses for guaranteeing the higher income are pretty high. So you're basically buying a stream of income there that's that's pretty high, especially when you compare it to rates and CDs and, and government bonds, which you shouldn't be doing because they're not the same investment, but everybody does that. So that's why I mentioned that. Yeah, I think the, uh, I don't, I'm not even sure what the average payout ratio is. It depends on your age. So if you wanted to see it, I can send you a link if you go to my website and say, hey, Bill, you were talking about that, the annuities. Can you send me the links on those two? And I will. And you may notice that oh, a lot of my clients have, have asked me over the years, hey, Bill, the last few years, how come you never talked about this before? Well, these particular products didn't exist before. So that's the first main reason. Secondly, the products that, that did exist that were similar to these didn't have, the guarantees weren't quite as good. And fixed income CD rates were a lot higher. So there was really no need for it. This is really a result of our current market conditions and uh, outlooks over the next 10 or 20 years. So in between those two, by the way, you would actually really never have to do anything else. 
because in the one that has the low, the lower guarantee, which by the way, you don't even have to pay for it. If you just want to invest in tax deferred mutual funds, you can invest in tax deferred um, Fidelity, Vanguard. You don't get a 1099 at the end of the year. That can be a really big help for people, especially if you're getting hit on that Social Security tax. You know, if you're up in age, uh, well, that's not, they're not too old, but if you're collecting Social Security and you've got income that's coming in and, it, and it's causing you to have to pay taxes on your Social Security, you may be able to defer or re reduce a, uh, I mean, yeah, not defer, may be able to reduce that by using one of the investment only annuities in an account that's not in an IRA. That's a great idea, by the way, if it works for you. So that there's no one size fits all. Everybody's a little bit different, but it can save you a lot of money in taxes. And normally people really like that because when you have a mutual fund that's inside of a, an annuity, the reason I like this one is the expense ratio is really, really low. No penalty to take money out early if you want to. No sales charge going in. You know, it's a, uh, it works like a regular no-load fund works. Um, but you have all these options that you can switch to. And when you make changes, you don't have, you're not going to get a 1099 on that unless you start taking the money out. And then you only get taxed on a portion of the money that you take out. Notice I said a portion on it. Because there's a, a cost basis thing. There's a, it's too extensive to get into here. And by the way, I have an enrolled agent on retainer to answer extremely complicated tax questions. If you have them for our firm, we're not allowed to give out tax advice either. So I have to tell you that. I want to make sure that I cover that in my, whenever I talk about taxes or I talk about funds out there, I have to tell you, uh, listen, don't take anything I say for granted check it all out. I may be inaccurate. We have to tell you that by law. Okay. So, and I'm not licensed to do taxes, but I have people that uh, work with me that I refer to that are. So that's where I get my knowledge. By the way, most of it, I'll come up with a question. If I can't find the answer on the internet, or if I go to the IRS's site, you ever go to the IRS website? Everything you could ever possibly want to know is there. And it's written as if you understand taxes the way that most tax professionals do. So you typically have to call a tax professional to get them <laughs> to interpret it, depending on how difficult it is. Uh, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of it, you can just look it up right there and it, it's very good. So I'm super impressed with a lot of the, the government websites. I think they do a great job. I mean, it's mind boggling what you can find out. Sometimes it takes a long time in, by the way, normally my procedure is if I get an answer that seems to be correct, if I can find three other sources that will corroborate that, then I'll, I'll feel like, okay, I'm probably, I've, there, at least there's minimally a 50-50 chance that this was true. <laughs> and that's just the result of the internet and 14-year-olds being allowed to write their, you know, create their own internet pages and web pages. <laughs> so that part is hard. There's an awful lot of information out there, and there's so many interpretations of it. Remember the, uh, we were talking about it a little bit earlier on the show, the game Telephone. You can read, two people can read something and come away with completely different views of what they just read. And they will argue over it, sometimes pretty loudly. Sometimes they're even married. <laughs> anyway, 
This is Bill Bullington. I'll be right back after these commercial messages. Bursting inside us, we cannot contain. Your love will surely come find us. Sometimes I wonder, is he faithful? Does he see me in my trouble? Does he understand? Sometimes I question If you hear anything that you would like more information on, go to my website. There's a contact us form. It's bullingtoncapital.com. You can reach out there. Now, I will tell you, uh, most people forget to type in what it was they wanted information on. They put their information in there, their email address, their name, and all that stuff. Sometimes their phone numbers, and they don't tell me what they wanted information on, so I'm left guessing. (laughs) But uh, that would help. I mean, I'll still respond to you. I'll still say, hey, I, you guys reached out or you reached out to contact us and I wanted to answer your question, but it wasn't in the, <laughs> you didn't fill that part in. So, um, and I don't know, maybe it's uh, the vendor that I use for the uh, website, that thing, but I doubt it because I've tried it myself just to make sure it was working. So, which is really crazy though. There are these things and I, I forgot what they're called. Um, they're particles uh, electrically charged particles that come through the atmosphere, you know, just like lightning, um, except that these are just individual, very small on a, on a molecular basis, uh, atomic basis, rather. And they travel through and they can disrupt technologies of all kinds. And when I saw that, by the way, on YouTube, <laughs> YouTube's my favorite source of entertainment, by the way. I'm, I'm a YouTube addict. Actually, you, it's unbelievable how much you can learn on, on YouTube. That is mind-boggling. I remember when that first came out, and they were a standalone company. They were not always owned by Google. They started off on their own. Google acquired them. Google has, those guys have, oh, man, talk about vision of the future. Well, they bought it and were able to put a whole lot of money into it. And it's a, I think it, it, it's in the top three or four search engines now in the entire world. And so that, that's kind of cool. But uh, my, uh, the bottom line was uh, I was watching this stuff and it, these particles can come down and they can actually interfere with semiconductors because they can penetrate and really mess up your technology. And I'm thinking... Do you know how many junctions there are between the places that you're logging into or pulling up on the internet and and you? (laughs) That that creates an enormous amount of potential uh, conflict or or potential for problems with getting accurate or your stuff not being not not accurate as, as far as what they're saying is true or not. But the software working like it's supposed to. And so I think that a lot of people have issues. They think it's them that's 
creating the problem when in fact, no, it's just the environment. And it's one of the reasons that your jet planes, they have seven computers doing the same thing or actually might, might even be more than that now. But uh, I think I think I read somewhere or saw it on YouTube. That <laughs> these seven, they, they call it redundancy. Okay, so if one system detects or if not one system goes out, the other one kicks in automatically and they've got seven layers. Um, my luck is, you know, I'll be on the plane and where eight events happen. <laughs> but uh, and I'm sure some of that happens, you know, it's just part of life. Anyway, don't know how I get on those subjects, but I'm going to spend the next few minutes talking about the individual stocks. Now, this is where, uh, you know, way back when I first started and we didn't have, uh, boy, the software, you should have seen how much that cost. Holy cow. Now it's like 50 bucks a month, which is nothing compared to what I was paying back in the mid nineties. I was paying a fortune for this same stuff. It took several hours to do the calculations that I, that this software will literally do in about 10 seconds. Um, once you set it up, once you set it up, actually, it'll do it in less than two seconds. So it'll scan every stock that trades in America for all the criteria that I set it up for. And it will bring out just the ones that I'm looking for. And what I'm looking to do here is a very specific style of investing. And for the vast majority of people, it's not a good one. Why? Because it's very challenging. It's incredibly challenging. Why do I teach it? Well, because I spent so much time and effort and energy learning how to do it. <laughs> and, uh, and I know I'm not the only one out there. There are lots of people that uh, are actually pretty good at it. And um, in fact, Gary does all the trading in our, our office for every, everybody. Um, he's really good at it. So it, and it's basically a mindset. And here's the mindset. You know, we were talking earlier about guarantees for income, guarantees on, on your investment values. There's certain guarantees that you can get, uh, not to be confused with CDs who guarantee the principal and give you complete liquidity. That means you can cash it in without any penalties. Th those are also guarantees, but of a different type. Okay. With the, uh, um, and in this particular style or phase of investing there there are no guarantees other than you are going to be working uh against your own mind because the uh, uh it's it's pretty challenging it's kind of like this if you make money on one out of three transactions you're actually doing pretty good that that's pretty normal and when i hear that a whole bunch of new people just tune right out and good yeah, I'm glad because if you are tuning right out, it means you're not psychologically, you're not one of those people that would enjoy doing something like that. I think a major league baseball player, a designated hitter would thrive doing this stuff. Why? Because if they can connect one out of three, they're going to make millions and millions of dollars. And they know that. <laughs> so it's very similar to that. If you can make money one out of three and over time, that's about what will happen. So that what it's going to what's going to mean is that you're going to have to have an awful lot of discipline to cut your losses quickly and um, move on. Don't think about it. Okay. All the thinking should be done before you ever push buy uh, or click your mouse on the buy button and then set your stops. Okay. All the thinking should be done when you're going through these lists like the one I'm looking at right now. I know if I like this company, I'm going to buy it. There's a certain 
formula I'm going to use. All this stuff, by the way, is on the website. Look out for the bullet. It's free. Okay. The uh, All this training part is, is free. So I'm going to buy the stock. I'm going to set the stop. I'm going to follow the rules that I set out in that on that website. Mike Seger, by the way, he runs it. He's a kid just graduated from Case, working in the financial services industry these days. Uh, so he runs that every night, runs the scans, posts them up there. And then you just follow the rules on buying and selling and uh, and try to try to enjoy it. Now, a lot of people won't. It's too much pressure. It's too much tension. Uh, I, I would tell you that if you're doing this with a large portion of your money, that's probably a mistake because it requires a lot of time. This should be like a hobby. And it is literally relegated to a hobby in my practice for me. And I don't do this for anybody. They, they don't have enough. If you come in with a billion dollars and want me to do it, I'll do it. Okay, but well, actually, I would do it with a hundred million. I would not do it with less than a hundred million dollars. Why? I don't have time. It would take way too much time to do that. That's why I put the uh, me and Mike put the website up there, so that if you really wanted to do it, I can show you everything there is to know about this. Okay, and this is actually it's called trend following. There was this, uh, uh, the, the owner of the Boston Red Sox. I keep forgetting his name. That the, uh, but this is what he did to become a billionaire. He started doing it a long time ago, by the way. And he was doing it in commodities. And his best performing fund was actually a metals fund that, that traded gold and silver and that kind of stuff. The, the parameters he was using are nearly identical to the parameters that I use on this. He did go short, which means you're selling something that you don't own expecting to buy it back cheaper when it crashes okay that that's what selling short is and um john henry's his name by the way so if you look that up this is what and he's still got a fund that does this by the way does it with stocks he goes short and long long short means you're selling something that you don't own that's why you're short the stock uh you have to buy it back you're hoping to buy sell it at 100 buy it back at 50 and return it <laughs> Some people consider that to be un-American. I was like, no, that's not un-American. That's actually capitalism. But the um, um, if you go long, you're buying something that you hope to sell at a higher price one day. And the key there is identifying those stocks that have the uh, that are moving up really fast right now. We really don't know how far they're going to go, when they're going to crash, none of that stuff. We just know right now they're moving up really fast. They meet a whole bunch of criteria. And you buy the ones you like, literally, and you follow the rules as to far as, far as how to sell them. So having said that, I'm going to go ahead and rerun the scan. Now, I'm running this scan. I'm pre-recording this. This is just before lunchtime. You typically want to run this scan, um, if you want to get the trades in that day, about a quarter to four, or you run it at night and put your orders in the next day on the open if you decided that this is what you want to do. Now, here's the, I've got, I'm going to change this scan. I have multiple scans, though, uh, and the one that I'm going to run during the day, I have to get, I have to pull that up right now, and here we go. There it goes. Wow. That was fast. The, uh, huh. I am, uh, there's only a handful of stocks that, that made it. I'm going to run it one more time. And there we go. And that's way too many. <laughs> I took off one of the criteria to see what would happen, and I, I got bombarded. So let's see. Okay, there's just a handful. 
right now, I don't even know who this company is. Um, it, it's a relatively new company because I'm looking at the chart and it begins in 2019. So this company's only been around. I'm going to check mark that one because I want to go back and see who they are. If, if a company hasn't been around for very long, um, that means not that many people really know much about it. And this is a smaller company. Your smaller companies ha tend to have a tendency to move a whole lot faster. They're a lot choppier. But uh, so I will take a look at that one and see what it is. The symbol on it is uh, ASLE and Air Sale Industrial something. I don't know. So I'll take a look at it. Uh, here's another one. This is a technology company. And these guys must have been bought out because I'm looking at the chart pattern on it. And it, it's typically what happens when a company has been purchased or, has, uh, or they've entered into an agreement. And an agreement could fall through. But this one, uh, QADA, uh, if you look at that chart, that's what that looks like when a company's gotten bought out. You'll notice that if you, if you watch a lot of charts yourself. And there's a Warner Music Group. Well, that's interesting. They haven't been around that long. Wow. This, this, I'm sure the company's been around forever, but uh, it looks like they're just now publicly traded. Just a, let's see, back in 2020, they came public. I wonder what uh, happened there. Anyway, the symbol is WMG. There's not a lot, not a lot of stuff here today so far. And, and that's, by the way, one of the challenges. You'll go through periods where you don't see a ton of stocks coming up on your scans. And then you'll go through periods where you're overwhelmed because there are just so many of them. And I am going to go and change this again. Wow, this is amazing. So this is these are stocks that have are in the top. Oh, relative strength. Relative strength means how fast it's moving relative to other stocks. And I, I chose the top 80, or top 20%, and the stocks are up at least 3% today. I'll have to come back and tell you next week why you want the stock to go up that fast. But Travel Centers of America, that's pretty funny. It's been popping up every few days. It popped up again today. The symbol is TA. Uh, the stock was at 240 bucks back in 2007. It's $45 now. What happened? <laughs> this is why I won't buy and hold. This is a perfect example of why buy and hold is really for the bold and the uneducated. Because Travel Centers of America, you've seen them all over the country if you've ever taken a trip anywhere. If you've gone more than 150 miles away from your home, you've seen the Travel Center of America. It's out there. Why would a company like that go from 90 bucks all the way down to five? <laughs> and it's at 45 now. And it was at nine. It actually was at $240. Oh, my Lord. It was, that was in 2008. So, again, this is why you don't buy and hold. That, that's so dangerous. That is gambling. That's not investing. You're, you're a gambler if you do that. <laughs> I probably just upset half the people listening to the show, <laughs> but that, that's okay. The uh, Everybody has a right to an opinion, and in America, unfortunately, you're allowed to express that any way you want, so I, I can be as dumb as I want to be. <laughs> anyway, I, I feel bad. Uh, HMP, this Hong Kong uh, power company, uh, just came back up. I bought this. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. I, I thought I got stopped out of it, but evidently I, my stop uh, didn't get hit because it, it's up again today, about 47 a lot of aluminum companies. Uh, here's a store, Big Five Sporting Goods, BGFV. It's got a nice looking chart. 
It's got a very low valuation. That, that's kind of what I like. I just like the price of sales ratio to be kind of low. Uh, if the company's growing super fast, you know, if it's if its revenues are up more, more than 20%, then the valuations don't really matter too much. Anyway, I'll have to explain that again in more detail next week. But uh, thanks for listening, everybody. If you like anything you heard here, feel free to go to my website, leave some comments. It's BullingtonCapital.com. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck. Good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.